0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the views of anyone. All facts presented here are 100% true and accurate, unless they aren't. We use strong language, including Russian and Latvian here, so listener circumspection is advised.
1: My name is Narday. I'm with my co-host, Mike Ford. Hey, and how our, you doing? Together, we're going to examine something that we found in the woods somewhere. To help us do that, we have our mom... Our mom. Our mom? <laughs>
0: For those of you who weren't paying attention, our <laughs> last names <laughs> are not the same.
1: Um, we're going to have our guest, my mom, Virginia Day.
0: And in case you couldn't tell from that very nicely uh, phrased...
1: Not at all dr- nicely phrased phrase. Uh, uh,
0: that's also the name of our show, In the Woods Somewhere. We decided to call it that because we're going to focus the podcast around uh, cryptids, Uh, We're also going to cover spirits, aliens, zombie making fungus, pretty much any supernatural thing you may find in In the the woods somewhere. somewhere. Now, what are cryptids? Uh, from what I understand, cryptids are basically any animal that has not, does not have empirical evidence, any extinct or mythological animal that may have been spotted in modern times.
1: It seems to be an animal that has been sighted, but there is not like a scientific name for it. Our first show today is going to be about uh, an honored Texan and Puerto Rican critter called the chupacabra. Um, It has a lot of history throughout Texas, Uh, it started in Puerto Rico, I think it has a lot of other history in South American countries as well. Um, You probably know the basics about this creature, its name means goat sucker in Spanish because it exsanguinates goats and other farm animals leaving only two small puncture rooms on the lifeless corpse as evidence of its presence. Um, The Puerto Rican chupacabra is said to be more of a bat-like creature and um, the Texan chupacabra is more like a canine. Uh, but what you may not know is that there's a lot more history to this creature and there are a lot of theories that even involve government conspiracy theories and Mike will tell us a little bit about that. Uh,
0: now you you mentioned that the attacks were uh, due to puncture wounds in the throats. Initially, the reports in Puerto Rico uh, reported that all of the animals were completely drained of blood. However, according to NationalGeographic.com, later autopsies on those animals re- revealed that while there were puncture wounds in the throat and some blood was missing, not pooled on the ground, they were not drained, they were not sucked dry of blood. They were just perhaps uh, fed on with blood, but not actually drained dry.
1: Completely drained.
0: Uh, as we said, the, uh, the chupacabra was first seen in Puerto Rico in 1995. This makes it an amazingly recent cryptid.
1: Now, I want to address, because wasn't there a 1975 sighting that turned out to not really be connected?
0: It was possible. In 75, there, were, there was a slaying of livestock that was very similar to chupacabra attacks. Uh, However, evidence pointed more towards an individual cultist um, of some sort of cult. That's interesting. uh, On the island, not sure, but it was was evidence pointed more toward a man than an actual animal. It was a
1: beach dog cult.
0: Um, But yes, that was back as far as 1975. The first sightings, however, the first time anyone saw it was in 1995. Um, It was, as described on livescience.com, Uh, Four to five feet tall when standing, powerful hind legs that allow it to jump great distances, it had uh, blue-hued or lizard-like skin depending on the report, Uh, large front claws, large fangs, red eyes, and a long tongue that was possibly forked. Um, it also had a line of spikes or spiky fur it running down its back, depending on reports.
1: sounds a bit like you're just describing Gene Simmons.
0: Gene Simmons or Satan, uh, depending on... <laughs>
2: I think he's both.
0: Uh, that could they be haven't according been seen to... They have in the
2: same place at the same time. Gene Simmons and Satan or right. Gene Simmons and the Chupacabra? All
0: three. According to reports I read as a child, they could all three be the same.
1: Uh-huh. All it's, right. Well, in that case, possible. I've seen the Chupacabra live in concert, and it was really awesome.
0: Now interestingly, uh, the Puerto Rican chupacabra has been described with wings, although that seems to be... None of the initial reports include wings. Wings seem to be an addition after reports that no strange footprints or no unusual footprints were found in the area. Um, However, in the year 2000, uh, also according to LiveScience.com, Everything about the description dramatically changes, away from the more reptilian or bat-like creature to a far more canine type creature.
1: When you get to Texas.
0: When you get to Texas or anywhere outside Puerto Rico. uh, The the Uh. reptilian description is really limited fairly much to Puerto Rico. Once you get to the mainland, descriptions of the chupacabra change to a more canine and more um, uh, elephantine skin Than a reptilian skin. Okay. Now, since, uh, like I said.
1: More of like a mangy skin. Kind of
0: like a mangy or a a Mexican hairless cat. Yeah. Um, Since, (laughs) or a a Sphinx. Is that what they're called? Sphinx cats?
2: Yeah, naked mole rat.
0: Naked mole rats, exactly. Which, again, we could do an entire episode on naked mole rats.
2: Are they extinct?
0: Um, I don't know if they're extinct, but uh, they could be mythological.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) I agree with that. They're weird looking.
0: Uh, Since 1995, uh, we talked about the different places they've been spotted. Uh, Just to name a few, the chupacabra, or something that is reported to be like a chupacabra, has been spotted in Chile, Belize, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Argentina, Mexico, Miami, Arizona, California, and Texas. Uh, Texas, maybe it's because of the large amount of hunters and guns, but Texas has the most carcasses of supposed chupacabras actually killed or captured. Uh, none have no, ever yeah, been captured alive. They've only been killed or found. Yeah. Sorry. Um, deep in the heart of Texas is Nacogdoches, Texas. Uh,
1: and behind the Pine Curtain.
0: Behind the Pine Curtain. Which in the I've middle. been warned
1: not to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it that's where Nacogdoches is.
0: It's in the middle of Angelina National Park, uh, which is an over 153,000 acre national park that is still very well preserved wildlife. Um let's see where were we
2: did we want to talk about sightings let me just correct Nacogdoches is not in the middle of Angelina Park it's nearby Angelina Park yeah okay and um, I when I, when I talk about my sighting I often refer to Nacogdoches because it was the nearest large city and that's where I happened to be stationed for work but I was driving between Nacogdoches and the state park on the highway And Um,
0: that's Highway 7 or 17? 7. Highway 7.
2: And I also did go down the main road of Angelina State Park. And um, um, I don't remember which occasion this was, but basically it was the off-road, unpaved paths um, that were still drivable in that area between Nacogdoches and the State Park. And possibly in the State Park. I don't know when I crossed the boundary into the State Park and when I didn't, when I was sort of on the paths. But but you
1: were just driving around. I was just driving
2: around.
0: Certainly in the wilderness area.
2: Right.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> okay, so now you said that this was in the spring well, first, of 2010. I right? want,
1: I'd like to start by you know reintroducing our guest a little bit. Okay. Um, Gina is my mom. Hi. She birthed me. And uh, can you just tell us really quick what is your current occupation and where are you from?
2: I'm from Austin, Texas. Although I was born in Greenville. Um, mom Texas. moved to Greenville, Texas, and mom moved to Austin, Texas when I was a little over a year old. Um, and then I grew up in Austin. Um, so I do have um, a little bit of East Texas roots. Um, but um, So
1: you could say that you were born behind the Pine
2: Curtain? It would depend on each particular East Texans definition of the pine curtain and who you said that to to. Um, so um, I am a retired state employee um, and uh, and you
1: worked for the state for how long I
2: worked for the state for 29 years Um, I did a couple of years um, at what's referred to as Education Service Center 13 which is um, a professional development organization but they also ran the driver education uh, regulations for the state of Texas, um, and that's what and we that's, out in what, that's what I was doing out in Nacogdoches. Was monitoring some driving schools um, okay. out in Nacogdoches.
1: Well, thank you for being on our show. I'm, I'm sorry,
2: and the you date was. So thank you. Um, thanks for having me, and I'm honored to be the, on the first one. Um, and this was, um, as you said, in the spring of 2015. Um, it was late February, I want to say and a um, little bit after dusk and yeah it would it was like between 4 and 6 p.m um but it still hadn't started getting um really light out late at night the sun was still setting somewhere around six thirty, seven o'clock
1: okay so. okay so not too dark outside well okay so this thing we we've already discussed it was in nacogdoches and angelina state park um
0: just outside Nacogdoches.
1: And like why you were in Nacogdoches, mm-hmm. sort of, well not necessarily in the park, but somewhere very close to it.
0: Now what what were you doing that evening? Um, Uh, Why were you between the state park and where you live?
2: Like, why did you decide to drive around out in that area? Um, I had never been to that part of the state, and it was breath, it is breathtakingly beautiful. And, um, you know, I didn't really have anything else particular to do that evening, and I literally intended on that trip to make sure that I spent a couple of evenings driving through the wilderness and just taking it in, because it, it's almost like an honor to be there it was just so spectacularly beautiful and so I literally was just out there driving around enjoying you know the scenery and taking it in and seeing how beautiful it was nice
1: can you tell us what it looked like so when you first came across it what did you think it was or like what did you see when you first came across
2: it? right and I really I don't remember whether this was the first or the second night that I was out um but um I was I was incredibly unfamiliar with the area and i drove um on what or normal paved roads country roads and then they would um turn into these dirt paths they weren't really dirt because it was all pine needles (laughs) there's no dirt they're just Just pine pine needles pine floor floor. um uh, but it was very easy to drive through all of that and they looked like they'd been well traveled so it wasn't like Really, I like, wasn't off-roading. It wasn't Sketchville. It wasn't Sketchville. Um, maybe a little. But um, I, I was just sort of going wherever the paths led me, really. And it was sort of pre-GPS as well, um, or at least um, with, before, every before everybody, had, everybody had one. Right, yeah. certainly. Um, and, and frankly, if I recall right, the GPS didn't really work all that great out there anyway. The service wasn't very good. But I, I never felt like I couldn't find my way back out. Regardless, I was out there and it was, it was still light outside. um, And I just was like, well, let's turn left, let's turn right, literally. Um, And I'd been seeing quite a lot of critters, you know, that I didn't normally see. I'm a city girl, but I was sort of enjoying that. And this one, this happened when I looked up and there was quite a big clearing before the next trees, but it was still probably 200, 250 yards away.
1: Okay.
2: and I saw what looked like, you know, a coyote um, at, at first, you know, I just sort of saw the glimpse of it. And I was like, oh man, that coyote is in bad shape. It was really skinny. Was it
0: moving or was it, was it sitting moving.
2: still? It was moving. It was moving. I couldn't tell whether it was male or female, but it was, you could see ribs and you could really see this reported, you know, leathery skin and um at first i was just like gee that poor you know that poor coyote and i didn't really think more of it and then it did literally stand up on its hind legs and turn and look my way and i was trying to like grab my camera and of course you know when i finally got my camera up you know it was just like you know pictures of sticks or whatever but um and um, so did it
1: run away or did it it didn't ride at first
2: it got back down at first it kind of just looked at me and it had it, it, it was very much as described. It had very, very long canines that were not like a normal dog. Um, it seemed kind of short when it was, seemed like dog size, coyote size when it was on all fours, but when it stood up, it was really much bigger than it should have been. Like its hind legs were big. Okay. In comparison to its front... Like, when it stood up, it stood up Could really high. Could the
1: fangs high. fit in its mouth if it closed no. its mouth? No, they, stick out no, they
2: stuck out? No, they stuck out. Um, they were just big, monstrous fangs. And, um, uh, and it did turn around and, like, go back down on the ground and was, like, sniffing around on the ground again as I was, like, fumbling for my camera or whatever. And... Um, it kind of reared back up and looked like it was gonna come at me or come towards me, and so I started like just leaving because I was terrified. Um, and then it turned and ran into the woods. And I can't actually—I got a hold of myself and realized I was in a great big car and it couldn't hurt me. And so I actually did go try to find it and keep kind of driving around in there. Wow. But um, I, I never, obviously, I, I didn't spot it.
0: Now, again. aside from standing up on its hind legs like a bear, which is really the only animal that kind of does that, while well, yeah. raccoons and some cats do, um, but you know, able to walk around and actually be mobile on its back legs, uh, aside from that, would you characterize its behavior as animalistic or more like an intelligent creature?
2: Oh, it was definitely animalistic. Okay. It was an animalistic... Vibe. I mean, it definitely, it acted like a creature in the woods, you know, that, the the big difference for me, and I mean, I just immediately thought, and frankly, I'll tell you, as a child, I remember, I remember the first time I heard about Chupacabra at a slumber party in like 1978, and it was from a, um, uh, one of my friends who I've long since forgotten their name or whatever, they were from Mexico, and they talked about it, they talked about it having wings, and, um... And so I've, I, frankly, have had, you know, the I've known the legend all these years. Yeah. I didn't learn until just a couple of years ago that there were sightings in East Texas. Um, but um, now that, sort of when I saw it, and it did all the things that mapped exactly to what other descriptors have been, obviously I was like, oh my goodness, I just saw the chupacabra, I cannot believe it. But
0: So when you saw it, you didn't think, oh my gosh, chupacabra, you thought, what a strange animal. And then later related Mm -hmm. it back to. No,
2: actually, no, I did think it at the time. Did you? Okay. I did. But but, when it stood up. But when it stood up, I went, no, that's not a coyote. That's a chipacabra. Gotcha. I mean, it's such an ingrained, I guess, lore in my head that, I mean, I felt like I knew exactly what it was.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty well known fact. Coyotes do not stand on their hind legs. Well, if
1: you're you're from Texas or Puerto Rico or even Mexico or any of those uh, South American countries, or Central American countries, then you've heard this story. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like the boogeyman.
0: And like you said, you heard you first heard the story uh, back in '78. You're right. Um, which and the the first story I was ever able to find the first attack was in seventy five uh, with the perhaps cultist. That's yeah. where it and started. And that, that one did indicate wings with that attack, but nothing was ever actually seen. Just a lot of rumors sprung up around the sure. slaughter of the animals. Now
2: well, that could have easily been you know where the slumber party story came from. I mean, it was a typical slumber party. Let's tell sco- scary stories. Um, kind of story, and that would have easily jived with the timing. That's
1: interesting because growing up, I always thought it was just like an age-old story, like an older story. And then recently, the more we've been researching it, is it really have we haven't had any, like, I don't know. I guess blood drainings or. St- any more stories until 1995. Like, the research we've done, we couldn't find any stories past 1995, but growing up, I've heard about, you know, parents and parents' friends and a lot of other people telling me about the chupacabra. Like, it wasn't just something that cropped up 23 years ago. Right. I didn't
0: realize it was
2: recent either.
0: It was 23 years ago that the first actual sightings happened.
2: Which is different. In 95
0: in Puerto Rico, it wasn't just rumors anymore. People actually saw something... That they said, this is the chupacabra, we have a description. All right. It wasn't just rumors of some Before mythic that. phantom that hunted livestock.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, so the rumors started probably in 75 with the uh, animals that were attacked and the, dry, the blood was drained. It was maybe like sort of a cult thing. And then 95 was when the start of sightings actually started happening.
0: Another rash of uh, livestock slaughter happened in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and people actually saw the creature that was doing it.
1: Well, cool. Well, did when you saw this creature, did you hear it make any sounds? Because mm. a, a chupacabra is said to have a cry that's almost like eerily similar to a baby crying, but not just... Oh, I want to go help the baby. Like there shouldn't be a baby out in the woods at one in the morning. You know, like, yeah.
2: No, I kind didn't. of like that
0: very terrifying Roman Polanski. baby yes. ride, you know,
2: the Rosemary's Baby. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Experience. No, there was no Rosemary's Baby experience. Sadly, sad. I would have liked to have heard Rosemary's Baby out there in the woods, but um, up, that like would have answered so many questions <laughs> right there. Maybe We'd the have been done seventy
1: five. Was something to do with the Rosemary? Well, baby that's when situation.
2: it came out. <laughs> the movie
0: oh. came out. Well, and growing up, I heard I had always heard about the chupacabra. I was born in '79, and I had always heard about the chupacabra so we heard as about well. It too. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was very much a myth along the lines of the jackalope or a snipe mm. or the boogeyman or just something very. Or in uh, Minnesota,
1: uh, the armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um we have some cousins that live up in Minnesota that totally thought that our state animal was a mythical creature.
0: They it did not believe it. It looks like a mythical real. creature. It does
1: well, and it sounds yep. like what it looks re-
2: like it's if, right out of, of Tolkien. Novel. If you
0: were traveling through Texas and had you know, this part of the world were not really that discovered, uh you would no one would believe you that you had actually seen an armadillo when you described it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like a soft bellied hard shelled creature that rolls up into a ball.
0: And jumps every time a car rolls over it. <laughs> Most armadillos would go underneath the cars, but they jump up, and that's why they get hit by cars. That's why you see them on the road all the time.
1: Oh, such silly
2: creatures. Bless little their
0: little breeders. hearts.
1: Um, did it Bless seem their like little it was just sort of checking you out? when Yeah, you, it, I mean, I, I, it I, I like?
2: clearly had startled it, you know... I clearly It was sort like of those
1: videos on the internet of when cats stand on their hind legs because they see something weird. Yeah. And it's just even weirder for the person watching. Yes,
2: <laughs> it was very much like that. I
0: so have you were seen weirding it
1: out, it was weirding you out.
0: <laughs> weirdness all around. The, the YouTube video of the bear walking down the street just checking garbage cans and it's just walking along on its hind like, legs. Lifting it. And it looks ridiculous. It <laughs> looks fake. You don't expect to see... I mean, we all know bears can go up on their hind legs. We all know they can walk on their hind legs, but it just... Seeing an vicious. animal do that walking around on its hind legs that's not a chimpanzee it just looks very odd.
2: Well, yeah. especially because it just kept going up and up and up. It was as though so you its said back it legs were like kangaroo legs. Like much,
0: much higher, yeah. uh, much and, taller, and much longer, much more muscular than its front legs. Yes. and, how, and could, how would you describe its front legs?
2: I mean, I think they were just like regular canine-ish kind of coyote legs long
0: thin long
2: and thin and skinny and good for digging not not much hair if any you know um, but um, but the hind legs um, look like frogs you know <laughs> like they were big and then their thighs were really the thigh was really muscular where it attaches to the hip I mean it was just like a really big wow. thigh. No, you so get quite a meal off of that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a barbecue. Barbecue. Right that is there. something that God. I don't think
0: anyone has yet tried to discover is exactly what chupacabra tastes like.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like if anyone could do that, it would Texans. be East Texas. Yeah.
0: I, I no. feel like <laughs> If do, anyone though. is about to discover what chupacabra barbecue tastes oh, like.
2: Oh, I'm sure they already Let us know. Us know.
0: If you know, if you have experienced Chupacabra barbecue, definitely write in and let it tell us, well, tell us your experience. I feel
2: certain that all of these people just start
0: putting their the
1: heads in freezers and then giving the body to scientists without ever stopping to actually try and barbecue the thing, which is weird to me because we barbecue everything.
0: Apparently, according to what I find, if you find a Chupacabra body, try to get the back molar. That's where the best DNA evidence can come from.
1: Yeah, the rest you can barbecue.
0: Barbecue the rest. Just take out the back Ascentism. molar. No, you them. said I guess that once wait, you. Wait,
1: maybe we shouldn't ask for. Probably tastes like us? armadillo.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we probably shouldn't be asking for our listeners to be sending us random meat that we're not quite sure what it yeah, is. Yeah,
2: please don't send meat.
0: Don't, don't, don't send don't meat. Don't
2: give us meat. We have enough meat. But do let us know if the chupacabra tastes like
0: the armadillo. You said that once you realized you were in the car and it wasn't going to hurt you, you tried <laughs> to follow it. Were there paths along the direction that it was not flowing, really. or did you have to. No, did you I ever get out of, of the car?
2: No, no, God, Hail, no. Hell <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I might be dumb. Mama didn't raise me that dumb. But, uh, yeah, no, I wasn't about to get out of that car. There were, there were locks going off. You could have click, click, click. It was like, yeah.
0: From what we understand, cars are chupacabra kryptonite. Uh, we have a friend who perhaps heard strange cry following oh, yeah. to her. She ran to the car, locked the doors. She was okay.
1: Yeah, she heard a strange crying sound that she did think was a baby at first, because she's a mom, and she had that, like, reaction of, oh, what? what Like, that's a weird baby cry, but I should go help it. And then she heard, like, sniffing around, and then she heard it sort of, like, run towards her, and, like, she started to hear growling sounds, and she was like, no, and she ran to her car, and she got in. And, I'd be uh,
2: terrified there was a baby sniffing and growling around my vehicle.
1: Oh, hell of a baby. <laughs> big
2: baby,
0: baby with a knife, scary, um, scariest thing in the world. That
1: next day after she got back from work, her neighbor knocked on her door and asked if she had heard or seen anything, and she told her what she saw. And she was like, "I heard something last night sniffing around my door, and I woke up because my dogs were barking at it."
2: Yeah, no, I if I I know if I'd have heard it, I'd have remembered it because I would. That just sounds horrifying. It does yeah. sound like a Stanley Kubrick film.
0: Uh, something. Yeah, it's it scary, Desiree. Else. Oh, yeah, it scared her half to death. But she got in the car and right. she was fine. fine. Apparently, it's like the boogeyman if you put your head under the covers.
2: I see. The boogeyman
0: goes away. <laughs> and and you lift
2: you your feet If you get in the car, you then the chupacabra. The, so that there is no underbed yes. where yeah. your feet are. You don't let your feet dangle. Don't by the let the side feet of the dangle. I Never have, let yeah. the no, dangle. There is no I bed.
1: have two demon cats. That's a real fear for me. Anytime I let my foot <laughs> out of the
2: blanket, like they go for my toes. I think that's where that legend started. Cats, Probably. Yeah.
0: Now, and our friend lives in New Braunfels, Texas, which is just south of here um, between Austin and San Antonio, Texas, in the Texas Hill Country. Um, even further south than that is Cuero, Texas.
1: Desiree, who
0: are you talking about? yes. The one who heard the chipcabra and ran into the.
2: She
0: doesn't live in New It's uh, Cuero. Cuero? Cuero. Is that it? Is yes. that, I don't, the, the, the text, you, you try to pronounce Texas names correctly, I'm, and it's obviously you ain't Bexar. from here.
2: Well, that's why I'm, help- like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm you, here to help. You got
0: Bexar, you got Blanco, you got uh, all different things.
2: True. I just it's wanted bank, to be sure yes. that you didn't get any, you know.
0: It's Pernales, not Pedernalis. Right. Calls
2: from
0: uh, the Quero it's goblins. Guadalupe <laughs> instead of Guadalupe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we butcher our names in Texas. Uh, but we there are to, names, anyway. so but. we can't. <laughs> uh, but in Cuero, uh, Tex- Quero, Texas, Quero. Uh, approximately 300 miles south of Nac- Nacogdoches, uh, but within a corridor about 165 miles wide of basically just Texas ranch country. Mostly uninhabited, mostly large acre ranches. Um, With a lot of cattle. With a lot of cattle, a lot of varied livestock, and a lot of varied game. Uh, uh, Phyllis Canyon, who owns her own ranch, and who, by the way, refuses to take any profit from anything having to do with the Chupacabra, so she has absolutely no financial motivation uh, to persist in her belief, um... In 2007, something was killing her chickens. She was finding her chickens with pierced necks. The wounds obviously licked clean of blood. Uh, all they were no, though they were not examined, there was blood obviously drained from the chickens. Uh, she had seen something lurking around her property for about the past two years, looking kind of doggish. Um, one day she got a call that a carcass had been found just off her ranch on the highway. Uh, she went. She looked at the carcass. She saw that it—that was the same animal that she had seen lurking around, or at least the same species of animal that she had seen lurking around. Uh, it was approximately forty pounds. It was bald, with extremely wiry hairs like an elephant's skin, uh, kind of a bluish-gray skin, and steel-blue eyes. Um, she sent, the, she sent it off for DNA testing at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas, which is actually where we are recording right now. Thank you very much, Texas State. Um, they saw that it was virtually, according to a quote uh, by her, uh, it was virtually a match to a coyote.
1: The DNA results were, but not exactly a
0: match. Not exactly a match. Human beings are virtually a match to chimpanzees. Yeah. so she wasn't happy with that she sent it back for more DNA testing this time she sent it uh, to the UC Davis DNA testing facility where they came back with the, uh, the maternal side was coyote and the paternal side was Mexican wolf uh, these steel blue grey eyes can be seen in Mexican wolves um, however there were certain things about this carcass that made her not entirely trust what had just been found. Uh, the DNA test saying that it was coyote and wolf. These things were... And that's were, a
1: popular theory with coyotes, which we'll get into later. I mean, with chupacapas, which we'll get into later, is that they are half coyote and half something else, like a Mexican wolf or a domesticated wild... Well, domesticated dog, but wild.
0: With a uh, half coyote. They always seem to try to mix coyote in there yeah. uh, for some reason. It's
1: definitely got something about coyotes.
0: And usually in the canine family are is there, what things are being described as. Are
1: there coyotes in Puerto Rico?
0: No, but there are an almost infinite amount of feral dogs. Um, Puerto Rico simply just its dog uh, could almost be called one of its its main uh, animal life on that island. Uh, yeah. The feral dogs surrounding.
1: They have beach dogs, right? Which
0: is beach dogs, yes, and dog beaches where there's just. Wild dogs. Beaches right. filled with wild dogs. Very nice. Uh, they don't seem to bother anybody. They just they have a dog population that they're perfectly okay with. Yeah. Uh, this also explains, in my opinion, why if the Puerto Rican chupacabra was related to the Texas chupacabra and had dog-like prints, no unusual prints would be found at, these, at the sites of these slaughters because dog prints are so common, why would they even be noticed? Yeah, no one right. would give
1: them a second thought.
0: Now, the the second, uh, uh, like I said, there were certain uh, deficiencies in these reports that this was simply a wolf-coyote mix. One of them was three toes on the front paws, uh, as opposed to four toes with canines have. Uh, Four teats, as opposed to the eight to ten teats that canines have, as well as strange muscular pouches at the top of the hind legs. And it's you that had that? said that it seemed to have extremely thick muscular thighs. Right. Um, I'm, in my thoughts, this could be uh, those thighs and those very, very thick muscular pouches mm. at the at the base of the tail.
1: That give it a way to stand up.
0: Could very possibly give it a way to stand around. Oh. All right. Uh, and a little bit closer to Nacogdoches, we also have reports in 2010.
1: Yeah, I found reports of sightings. There's not an actual body for this, but three people, I think two of them were related, sighted a dog in Nacogdoches in a neighborhood. Something that looked like a dog. It had a dog body. It had that same bluish-gray skin that they talk about. The fur was sparse and wiry, but it had a deer face to it. Interesting. Um, And we found that on KTRE.com if you... um,
0: a source for that and if you look at I mean animal skulls a lot look the same if you look at an emaciated deer an emaciated dog, an emaciated horse yes. a lot of the difference this, unless you're a trained eye a lot of the difference is just going to be in size
1: and these were actually in her driveway in this woman's driveway and so she got an up close yes. personal
0: look at this yes,
1: it was in her driveway and it was really actually skittish and it ran away when she started to go up to it
0: now, all of these are always discredited, whether sightings, whether carcasses that get shipped off for sampling, everything seems to be a coyote with mange.
1: Yeah, it's all Or a, a
0: raccoon with mange. with mange, or a deer with mange, or uh, just a, some feral dog with mange. Mange seems to be the real problem. Which
1: here. is weird to me, cons- like, you can't just say it's mange when they have DNA tests that says it's mixed with something else, you know. It's at least a, some, car, some kind of hybrid animal.
0: At least. And who knows whether these DNA tests are being intercepted before they get back and being reported on. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, according to it's several people... It's a veterinarian
1: uh, conspiracy theory that veterinarians are just saying that mange is way more uh, dangerous
0: In the words of uh, Barry O'Connor, who is a University of Michigan entomologist and who studies mange for a living, he says, and I quote, I don't think we need to look any further or to think that there's yet some other explanation for these observations. Now, he studies mange. He gets paid to study mange.
1: And mange, what mange is... Follow the money. What mange is, is it's uh, microscopic mites that burrow into the skin and um, they... It creates hair loss and itchiness for the dog, and it creates a like a very dry skin for the dog or um, a coyote or whatever it is. Sorry, that just makes it very uncomfortable, and it can be deadly to coyotes.
0: When it's found in humans, it's called scabies, uh, and it is never actually deadly to humans. We've learned to we've evolved beyond it, but yes, in dogs and canines, it can be extremely deadly.
1: Uh, However, mange does not make you lick blood
0: (laughs) it also as far as i know now malnutrition caused by mange can cause teeth to fall out however uh mange does not directly cause all the teeth except for the canines to fall out and then the canines to grow extremely large
1: yeah so that's something i've kind of been throwing out there is maybe this is some sort of a hybrid of a dog and a coyote and it the disease has adapted to this hybrid and maybe it makes the teeth fall out and it what Gina, my mom, had mentioned earlier, was maybe it sort of causes the malnutrition, causes the skin to shrink a little bit, which makes the um, fangs seem a bit longer. However, with a lot of stories uh, like yours, um, the fangs are much longer than the mouth. Like, they cannot fit inside the mouth. It's always on the side.
0: And what I would say, probably the most compelling evidence that this is not just a hybrid of two other species, but an entirely new species in and of itself, is its ability to stand on its hind legs.
2: Right. That is Uh, the thing. I
0: don't know any other dog that can do that. Coyotes, Mexican wolves, mountain timber wolves. I don't know any other dog that can do that. Unless it's can dance
1: on her hind legs a little bit. Okay. But only when you give her a treat, right? Yeah, but the treat for them maybe is. I don't know.
0: Raccoons can walk on their hind legs. Animals can certainly learn to walk on their hind legs, and an animal that was evolving to bite necks would certainly evolve the ability to stand on its hind legs and yeah, reach sure. the necks of some of some of the taller animals.
2: Yes. Well that makes sense. That does make sense.
0: I have kind of a theory. I don't know. Alright, so so oh, I think we're all in agree that do we wanna, something
1: do we want to get into the government conspiracy theories?
0: Now I didn't do too much research on that. I did. I heard a little bit that there might have been some aliens involved in Chile, or there might have been some FBI experiments gone wrong in Puerto Rico. Well, I
1: just know what I heard in the last podcast on the left. Which, which is, is a great podcast. You should definitely listen to it. It's podcast that Mike and I listen to. Um, but yeah, according to those guys, um, there was a government testing lab in Puerto Rico and it's possible that some animals escaped from that testing lab and spread whatever disease had been spread to them in the lab or that it had been a new animal created that has now mated in the wild and created this creature that possibly migrated from Puerto Rico uh, to the mainlands. And Mike, you can tell us our, your theory on that.
0: It's, it's not hard for an animal to migrate off of an island or onto an island. Uh, I know they mentioned Monkey Island as well, where some Reus monkeys escaped uh, back in the 80s. Now there's over, what, 10,000 monkeys on this island? Something like it's that. just the the island is overrun because 12 Reus monkeys escaped one time.
1: And there's a similar story with a cat, uh, an island of cats just off of the shores of New Zealand. They accidentally released, or they I think they set them free, it's similar to the toads in Australia, but they set these cats free actually on purpose to try and create a control of a pest that was on the island. And the cats just went crazy and now there are a ton of cats on this island in New Zealand. And they did the same thing with toads in Australia! They wanted to get rid of a cricket that was destroying the crops in Australia, so they brought in horny toads. But the toads just made it like crazy and now they're taking over Australia and the crickets that they released the toads to destroy in the first place crawl up into the crop that they were destroying and the toads don't jump that far.
2: I know, so this I know this story. The best part is that when they <laughs> selected the toad to try to come eat the cricket, they didn't do enough research to realize they that that, do that toad doesn't eat that cricket. They didn't do any. So they brought in the toads for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Oh my God. And so
1: people are just doing whatever great story. they possibly can to like get a hold on these toads. And one dude made like a toad circus with all of these dead toads. And
0: That sounds creepy.
1: That is Australia in a nutshell.
0: Well, I'll tell you, all Bless you, need, their <laughs> <Come> all you <laughs> need is one major port, and any animal can find a way to get from an island to the mainland. Yes. Now, okay, so I have a personal theory that all of this, the Puerto Rican chupacabra, everything, it's all one animal. It's an animal that has existed for perhaps hundreds of years in the Amazonian rainforest. Uh, the Amazon is a hotbed of evolution. We watch insects evolve almost on a daily basis. Uh, I mean,
1: and, and on that point, it wouldn't even have to be centuries, year, centuries years, centuries? Centuries. Centuries old? Um, it could just be something that recently evolved within the last century or so.
0: Evolution takes a lot of time, but it does work and it does change of things. Course, yes. And when those changes are noticed, there are always dramatic changes. Yes. Um, according to Bra- Brazil's indigenous uh, wildlife agency, the FUNAI, the, uh, they like estimate... funny, funi? funny. <laughs> uh, they thinking. estimate over 160 land mammals undiscovered just within the Amazon basin. Uh, that's not even including a hundred different completely different uncontacted tribal groups and over 3,000 species of amphibians. So this is some place where things can exist for a while without anything noticing them. Mm-hmm. Um, my theory is Biological that... Biological stew. yeah exactly an an insectivore insects and blood are both almost entirely protein an insectivore grows too big for its insect diet it has to start supplementing with blood and eventually blood becomes its primary food source Uh, it has the ability to stand upright like we talked about with the the pouches on the legs Uh, it could be a solitary creature with a very large territory this is why it's not being overrun Um, according to Phyllis Canyon uh, they might even be underground dwellers, generally only Licking forced caves. to the surface, caves, tunnels. Uh, they have sewers. long burrowing forelegs, uh, sewers in if the it were more urbanized to adapt, areas. Yes,
1: if it were found in neighborhoods and
0: things. Exactly. Uh, deforestation could cause migration up through Central America, up into North America, Uh, there's still plenty of open land with a lot of livestock in those areas. and
1: now the Puerto Rican, as I said earlier in the show, the Puerto Rican chupacabra is generally described to be more bat-like. However, that's usually only an assumption added later because they don't find footprints around the sighting. Um, Well, and
0: the lizard-like appearance. But... Mange can cause that. 1995 was the year that the movie Species got released in Puerto Rico. For those of you who don't know, Species is a movie about an alien that has sex with men and then kills them, starring Natasha Hinstridge. Um, Nahasra Hinstridge gets naked several times in this movie.
2: Go watch okay? it. It's a very good uh,
0: movie. She's extremely hot, and all the women got to fantasize about killing their husbands after sex, so it was a very popular movie. Everybody loved it. Everybody went to see it. Okay? Um, the reptilian description from the Puerto Rican sightings is almost identical to Sill, the alien, played by Natasha Henstridge, in the movie Species. Well, so
2: that my chupacupra wasn't nearly that sexy.
0: <laughs> Hopefully not, because if any uh, creature that is I walking around on this earth that is as sexy faster. as Natasha Henstridge...
2: Right. We uh
0: I I, been, been I need to spend story, my like. life in the woods. Well, if there's something there.
1: going around looking like Natasha Henstridge <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and drinking people's blood, like I think we would just all be dead.
0: I think that might be uh everyone's uh well, at least a lot of males uh, dream and nightmare at the same time. Yeah, no, hostage, fair, no Natasha Hen- just yes. drinking your blood and killing you. Yeah. Um <laughs> There's a, no, a for that.
2: There's a website for that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I certain roll there's a 34, website. Roll 34.
0: <laughs> when you get freaked out, fear causes confusion. This has been proven time and time again. It alters memories. It alters what you see. It alters what you perceive.
1: There's an adrenaline rush and a chemical change in your body when you see something that scares you.
0: Exactly. You shine your flashlight on an animal with normal eyes, and that reflection causes you to see red eyes. That reflection actually is red, but you bypass that information when you're shining a flashlight. All you see is red, glowing eyes looking at you. Um, the, uh, like I said, the stray dogs in Puerto Rico make dog prints very common, so no prints will be found. The wiry hair coming off the back well, and the no spine could be mistaken prints. for spikes. Yes. Um, and the ability to stand upright makes it very confusing. You see a creature that you know is a dog and then it stands up and looks at you that's going to freak you out. That's going to change your perception of things.
1: And like I was saying, I mean mange doesn't cause lizard like skin, but it could cause skin to become sort of like shiny and scaly and dry.
0: Which in the dark, through the flash of a flashlight, could be mistaken for lizard like skin. Yes, yeah.
1: so if it were a creature with very dry skin like that, or a creature that was just happened to be infected with mange, then um, you know.
2: I've seen a lot of dogs with mange in my life just over the course of the years and I know what that looks like and I know that many of these other witnesses who work with wildlife and work you know with animals they know what that looks like that's not a mystery this animal did it did i can very easily see how one could correlate that and if that was the only difference i could i would immediately be on board because it does look it does have an appearance of mange
1: but the fangs were. but
2: thing. it was all of the other parts the fangs the, the fangs, fangs, standing the, upright the standing
0: and again and all that mange that,
1: doesn't make you crave blood like it doesn't make an animal drink blood
0: perhaps cause an iron deficiency, but I I can't see how it would then cause that animal to grow fangs, which would allow it to then subsist on a diet of blood. My theory is that this is an undocumented species out there. This actually exists. It's not a myth. It is a real animal that has migrated north from the Amazon. It has a protein-based diet. It's mostly quadrupedal, but it can stand on two legs when threatened.
1: And I have to also touch really quick on um, it just being a sick dog or coyote or a sick crossbreed of a dog or coyote because uh, first of all, when you, when you crossbreed animals like that like if you breed a horse and a donkey to make a mule that mule can't reproduce. And we've been seeing these animals now for 23 years uh, pop up sightings and bodies. And sightings since 1975.
0: Bulldogs have been so crossbred and interbreed; they can't actually breed on their own.
1: Wow!
0: They are physically incapable of breeding on their own.
1: So, I mean, that just goes to show, like these Life animals. Life really
2: sucks
0: for bulldogs. It and does.
1: Pugs. <laughs>
0: and pugs. And pugs. Mm-hmm. But
1: I. But. Uh, but yeah, that was something I wanted to bring up. If this animal were just a sick animal, a mangy animal, or if it were just a crossbreed of. To different animals, um, then we w- it would have died out a really long time ago.
0: Yes, the chances of it being then able to reproduce with another one of its uh, crossbred species is are virtually important. impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to according to science and what we know of life and evolution, which we know so very very little, who's to say what we really know? Well. All I know is it's probably in the woods somewhere. It's.
2: It's mm-hmm. definitely in the woods. Somewhere. It's clearly in the woods, and I'm going back
1: find us on our facebook page in the woods somewhere or on our website in the you can follow us on twitter at in the woods Cast, or you can just shoot us a story or a question or just tell us how much you love us at contact
0: at in the